This is Laughs and Littles, a conversation about friendship and faith in the midst of motherhood. Life with Littles is better when we do it together. So grab a load of laundry and join us for some laughs. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will. All I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. He's here. And he looks just like Cecilia. Yes. Okay. Great. (laughs) Yeah. And so he has red hair, which was such a surprise to us. Obviously, Cecilia has red hair, but I was like, just thinking, oh, it was like a one and done. Yeah. What's the chance of getting Yeah. What are the chance? (laughs) And, and then I was like looking at, you know, it's like so little, like such a little amount of hair, but it is red. And, but I was looking at a picture of Cecilia when she's like over one, like at least 14, 15 months. And she has the same amount of hair that he has now, like the same (laughs) amount of like (laughs) very light redness. And now her hair is just like fiery red. So I'm curious to see, because when, when she was born with red hair, I was like, oh, it's red, but like, it'll turn blonde and brunette. Like the other kids, like, yeah, I, I, it'll be so funny if we have like two super strong brunettes and then two super strong redheads someday. It's just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But yeah, he and Cecilia, their features look so similar. He does have Paul's chin. Anyway, it's so fun. And they've all got the blue eyes. So, and he's 11 days old. When we're recording this? Yeah, something right. like that. <laughs> Almost two weeks. Um, no, I'm so happy to talk to you, though, because I'm going a little stir crazy, especially because, like, at the end of the pregnancy, my blood pressure got really high. And thankfully, my mom was here, which is how we kind of planned it, because we know, like, it always could happen that way, where I've had, you know, varying degrees of high blood pressure with each pregnancy, except for Cecilia. That really was pretty, pretty smooth. Anyway, got really high. And so I was like kind of on a modified bed rest for like over a week. So I feel like I've been on bed rest for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah. So I do miss like talking to people and seeing people, but it's funny though, (laughs) because I'm reaching the point where I'm like, Oh, that sounds so nice to be just be in bed all day. (laughs) But then there's a constant guilt with that as well of like, Oh, I should be more grateful and I should enjoy it. It's like, it's so great. I just, I only want like four hours of it. I don't want like 12 hours of it. Well, that's a sign <laughs> too, that you're doing a really good job. Like that you're, you're not like, oh, I already went for three walks and now I'm like, oh yeah, no, definitely not. Painting and bleeding again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, you know, still bleeding a little bit, but just like very, very light at this point. And I feel yeah, like I feel good, but then I am very slowly healing. It feels like such a slow walk, which is how it is. <laughs> it's a, and not even two weeks postpartum. But I do feel less like broken. I remember after like the first baby and maybe a little bit the second postpartum, I'm like, oh my gosh, everything feels broken. And this time, I think maybe because I'm just expecting it more <laughs> or something. I think like after Clara, I got like a body rash for a few days, you know, and like, which is a common thing. I don't know, it starts with the word P or something. And, you know, my IV, where they had my IV in my arm, that was sore. Where I got the epidural, that was sore. You know, everything was sore from the tearing. And it just like, everything felt like I remember crying in the bathtub being like, I just feel so broken. (laughs) But with this one, I'm like, oh, like, I don't feel that way. Um, Anyway, so it's, it's, it's definitely better. (laughs) Good. Yeah, he's just a little grunty man over here right now. Last night was better too, two nights ago. 
when I texted you about it, that was like ugh. a brutal blur. A brutal, exactly. You're just so disoriented and so tired. And you're just like, what was, what just happened all night long? Anyway. Yeah. Wait. So uh-huh. how is, how is feeding going? Great. Yeah. Like breastfeeding is yeah. going fine. Breastfeeding is going great. I did have a great two different lactation consultants who came and saw me in the hospital who I really liked. And I feel like I was more prepared with questions and with what I wanted to say. And one thing I did ask, because it was like very specific to me and I hadn't read in a book yet. Well, actually, no, I take that back. I did read this in one of the books that for women with smaller breasts, that uh, we can often feel the letdown a little bit more easily or can cause a little bit more of like a, not a pain, but just a sensation. And so I brought that up to the lactation lady in the hospital. And I was like, it. I remember it being so much so where I feel like a stinging. I feel it in my ear sometimes. And she was like, yeah, you're really lucky. And I was like, what, what? She was like, some women like can't feel the letdown at all. And they never know when their milk is coming in. That's never going to go away for you. That's like a good sign. So kind of just like helping reframe that. Hmm. I haven't felt that as much with him yet, but I feel like it's something that comes like later on where Hmm. every time I let down, yeah, like it's like a stinging. It's not like a, like some women will be like that. It's such a pleasurable experience. And like, it's a gush of, I'm like, no, it stings me. But apparently that's normal for my small boobs and I should be grateful. So it's all good. <laughs> Today was the first morning where I woke up like an hour before he really woke up for the day because I was so full. And you know that feeling of like, oh, you're so yeah. tired and the baby's still sleeping, but you're so hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So much is just like, oh, so many postpartum things that you like don't fully remember because you don't have to remember. And then it comes back and you're like, yeah, I remember this now. (laughs) You'll get there. (laughs) You're still in the muck of really feeling third trimester. Yeah. I'm trying to start nesting. So tell the birth story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know a good deal because I was texting you through it, but (laughs) not all of it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was induced. And we were so grateful that I was going to be induced because like I said, my blood pressure was really high and I ended up being induced like two days before 38 weeks. So it wasn't that early or anything, especially for me. And when I was induced with Paul, I they put me on Pitocin. They just like increased the Pitocin, Pitocin little by little every like hour. And I had such a good birth experience with him. Like it just progressed like a regular labor. It wasn't zero to 10 or anything. And so, you know, they they basically gave me the right to do that again. They were like, we could do this. We could break your water. We could do this. I said, no, we, you know, did Pitocin before it worked. Let's do it again. And the two doctors were like, yeah, like totally it. If that, like your body responded well, let's do that. Turn I at Now looking back, I wish I had done it differently because it did not work in the same way as it did before. But who was to know that? <laughs> it just, it's just interesting how... The the whole like experience of ha- of birthing him just really were I don't know it humbled me in reminding me that like we're so often not in control. I've definitely felt a pride in the past when you hear like birth stories that like have gone awry and it's like well if they had just done their exercises or if they had just not moved when they got their epidural or something like something in my stupidity. But it's like I feel like I showed up 
I did all the things and like, it still wasn't going well. (laughs) And just having that humility and having that like, yeah, like I have no control over this in so many ways. And what's going to happen is what's going to happen. So I was induced. They started the Pitocin and it takes hours and hours, of course, to like check into the hospital and set up for them to like get you in. Oh, and oh, I had that terrible buildup because like this is not even the first day. (laughs) (laughs) I was like scheduled for induction like Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. or something. And they say, call two hours before to make sure there's room. So get up, you know, call at 5 a.m. And I'm up, not because I set an alarm, but just because I'm up because I'm not, you're not sleeping at that point because you're so uncomfortable and baby's moving so much anyway. And they're like, yeah, we're full. Like, try again in a few hours. And that was the story like all day was like calling again and again and just like waiting around. Like, are we going to go? Like, what's happening? We went to the zoo that afternoon because we were like, nothing's happened. <laughs> we can't just sit around. We're just sitting. I, know. I was thinking about you and praying for you all day. And I was just like, I would like flip out. It, like you're like so prepared for this to happen. And then it doesn't happen all day. <laughs> and then I asked the the lead nurse, I was like, are you, cause she kept saying like, we'll call you. And of course they never call. And so I was calling like every two hours and it's the same, you know, nurse and she's very nice, but it's also like, I talked to you two hours ago. The situation's the same. I will call you. And I'm like, I'm just checking. But I was like, are you going to call me and like be like, come now? Or are you going to call me and say like, come in an hour? She was like, I don't know. Like, it, it, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Finally, then the nurse sh- like changed. And then that night I called and talked and, and cause we were then guaranteed. She was like, for sure. Like this, t- this evening. Evening comes and goes, no, it's not happening. And then at one point she's like, oh, two more people came in in labor, you know, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like I'm not emergency. I'm not in labor, but my blood pressure was really high at that point and I was managing it, but it was- You were like almost emergency. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But finally the new shift nurse, she was like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen tonight because we were like, if it's 2 a.m., you can call us. And she was like, are you sure? And like, <laughs> we're like, yes, we're ready to go. We just want to get in. We can't keep waiting two more days. Um, but she was like, yeah, it's not going to happen tonight. She said, probably in the morning, though. So again, call at 5 a.m. And she said, yeah, come in at 7.30. Okay, great. <laughs> so it was like a whole 24 hours later, which, you know, it was fine. It was just a weird, like, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Yeah. Very much like a regular labor where you're yeah, <laughs> waiting and wondering when things are going to start. <laughs> and so we get there. That kind of goes with the control thing too. Of like, yeah, because in my mind, we talked the night before. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, it's so crazy to like know exactly when you're going to go to the hospital <laughs> and like start having this baby. And then it wasn't <laughs> at all. No. And they, she, the first nurse made it sound like there were just so many women in labor and that all the rooms were full. And I kept thinking that that sounded weird. And when I talked to the second nurse, it was more of a situation that they just didn't have enough staff on hand to handle everyone. And I was like, that makes more sense. Because there's like 15 rooms here. Like, we can't all be in labor at the same time. I don't <laughs> I don't buy it. And that's why I was like, what's really going on? <laughs> anyway, so I get there. And before I start the Pitocin or anything, I'm already like two centimeters and 50% effaced. So like not a lot, but not nothing. We get the Pitocin going and they keep upping it. It's very manageable at that point. 
And for like hours and hours, Alex and I were like listening to podcasts together and, you know, I'm like bouncing on the ball and then we were watching TV and we watched a movie and we're just like, it's, it was hard work, but it was like still manageable and, you know, I'm still able to eat and all that stuff. But then it was, it was like hours and hours and hours and I was still uh, three centimeters dilated for like then a total of about 11 hours which was just so disheartening <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, what are these contractions doing then? Because they're coming and they're getting stronger. I'm, you know, moaning and I'm moving and I'm on the peanut ball and I'm on the, the bouncy ball and I'm walking around. Like, how is it doing nothing? Like, I still don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I've never had contractions that just like do nothing. My doctor, he knows that uh, he knew it was my fourth baby. And so he... And he knew I wanted an epidural. And so he didn't push it at all, but he just kind of said like, you know, especially with the Pitocin, especially with fourth baby, like it could go quickly, like all of a sudden, which this did not happen, but like, like the Pitocin <laughs> could all of a sudden make you just like be super fast labor and not have time to get an epidural. So I'm like, okay, now I'm a little bit worried about that. But then the the kicker was, it was like eight o'clock at night and I was like, okay, I'm going to get the epidural now. I'm not as, I'm still only three centimeters. So that bums me out. I wish I could go longer, but I'm tired and like, I can't make it another seven centimeters and like through the night, I'm I'm just going to get it. So I got the epidural and that was like, I forgot kind of what a high tense situation it is to get an epidural and like everyone did well. And the nurse was great. The anesthesiologist was great. But it just, you you know, you can't move. You can't move during it and you're doing the contractions and the lights are so bright and, you know, you are at the most painful point of your labor so far. After I got the epidural, I had like the uncontrollable shakes and I was like crying for like 10 minutes and the like adrenaline shakes and your hormone shakes. It was, it was like relief and happiness, but it was also just like, oh my gosh, like that was... That was big. That was very shocking to me. And I was I kind of, mm-hmm. I was like crying, crying, laughing, like, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then it just like still did not progress. So I'm like still three centimeters. And I'm at that point, I did like the nurse and Alex were there and she was great. And I was just like crying. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know like why this is happening. Like, why am I not getting further along? Because I thought, okay, maybe if I get that epidural, then I will be able to relax more. Because I know like that's happened sometimes where I get it and then like I do progress a little faster. That wasn't happening. And so the option was like, you know, getting my water broken. And and for me, with the other three, my water has broken like within a half an hour or so of of delivery. Yeah, yeah. Right before. And it's always yeah. been this like burst of wonderful warm water and it's always come on its own and it's just like joyful excitement. We're going to get ready to push soon. And I didn't want to miss out on that. But mostly I was worried of like, oh my gosh, if I have my water breaks, now I'm on a clock of I have to deliver within 24 hours, you know, or then you have to like do a C-section and infection. But my doctor came in, he was like, no, like it's not 24 hours. It's it's more than that. And like, it'll be fine. And I don't think that will happen. And, you know, it, maybe it could be like 35 hours before like I have to do a C-section. Like, don't worry. Yeah, he was like really calm about it. So I appreciated that. So I have the epidural at this point, but then yeah, the epidural doesn't work super well, which is my first then experience with the epidural not working really well. (laughs) 
Um, it did, it did take away the pains in my back and my legs. Like both sides equally? Uh, I mean, not at first, but they, you know, they shift you around yeah. a bit and they, they get it. And I mean, man, that's like the f- weirdest, um, and, and you know, you know, I'm super pro epidurals, but it is like the weirdest sensation. It is just like a water slide going down your back inside your brain. And it's, you're like, wait, am I wet? <laughs> is this, <laughs> what is- um, so he breaks my water, which thankfully I think because the epidural was not painful, he did like the the pop. And I was so happy because I felt it. And the, my doctor was surprised. He was like, you felt that? I was like, yeah, I felt the pop. Like it wasn't painful going in and breaking it. However he did it. I don't know. <laughs> Alex said there was a hook or something. I'm like, I don't want to know. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> feel pain, but I felt the pop inside me and I felt the warm water. Um, oh, and I was peeing all over myself for hours during this time. <laughs> Hours on end because, because I'm, I've got the IV, I'm getting the water and I'm drinking, not that much, but you know, I'm able to drink. And, um, because the epidural, it, it, the epidural, like where it did not work was my pelvis. They, um, sometimes they just like put a catheter in you and you're just like, you're good to go and you're there. For this one, the nurse was saying, you know, we're just going to put this like removable catheter in every like two hours. And apparently it like reduces UTIs and infections so that it's not like in you constantly. I don't know. It was like potato, potato. But the point being that then once my bladder was full, I would just pee all over myself and I felt it. I just kept, just kept peeing, but there was no poop, no poop this time, but just like the pee was (laughs) because I I could feel it enough that I could pee, but I couldn't control it. So he breaks my water and praise God, then my labor did progress, but then very fast. It was literally an hour and a half at that point from the breaking to the being born. He was called into like um, my doctor, an emergency C-section and missed my delivery, which is fine, of course, (laughs) because you don't care at that point. They did tell me to like wait and not push for maybe like a minute and a half, which is just like the weirdest. Like, wh- why? Yeah. <laughs> you can catch the baby. Um, when they were trying to figure that out, uh, I think I was still pushing anyway, but it was just like a, a resident who came. Um, and but and I knew it was someone else, but whenever I push, I always have on like my eye mask because it's like so bright and that's just like. I always want to just like focus. So I laughed because I literally didn't even see who delivered him until like completely after he was born and on my chest. And it was like, oh, hi down there. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so I, yeah, I felt my ring of fire for the first time ever. So that's an experience. <laughs> that is an experience. <laughs> uh, wow. Um yeah, I mean, it just describes it so perfectly. Did you like <laughs> yell in a different way or like? Oh, I mean, for that entire hour and a half, I was yelling and moaning very loudly and very well. So I had that down. <laughs> I just remember because with Zaylee, I felt the ring of fire for the first time and it, my like pitch and, you know, this like primal yell came out of me just like unbidden. And I was like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I'll have to ask Alex about that. I don't know if it was like got 
so much more intense at that point because I feel like it was just so intense for a long time because <laughs> it was seven centimeters then in like less than an hour and a half. With the code LAST and LITTLES10, you can get 10% off your entire order at ChooseLife.com. I did not know they sold baby shoes. Did you know yeah. that? Yes. Okay. They're so cute. <laughs> Mace crib shoe, little leather baby shoes in six different designs and colors. One is white for baptism. Oh, they go from zero to three months to like, you know, the biggest size is like 36 months. So, and they're just adorable. With the code LAST and LITTLES10, you can get 10% off your entire order at ChooseLife.com. Wow. Yeah. And I pushed seven times. When he came out, I was, you know, there's like so much relief, but I was in so much more pain than I've ever been in before. But at this point, it's, he was born at like 4.30 in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. I was in so much more pain that like having him on my chest, it would just, it was not the same euphoric experience as with the others. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're happy. You're happy he's there. You love him. He's your baby. But I'm just like overwhelmed with pain and overwhelmed with the umbil- the pain from the umbilical cord. You know, we're letting it pulse out and like finish before Alex yeah. had it. But, but I could like feel the umbilical cord like on my vagina, mm. just to touch, just like touching it because he's on me. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, just cut it off. Cause like, I didn't want anything touching me. Um, I didn't, I just let them do it after I don't know, two minutes or something, but it was, you know, it was happy, but it wasn't the same euphoric. And then finally delivering the placenta. I was like, oh my gosh, now I feel better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Getting the baby out. Okay, that felt good. Getting the placenta out felt great. <laughs> and I didn't remember that being a thing before. Like, but once again, I think it's because my epidurals have worked. And and pushing has always every time I've pushed, I've been smiling and I've been excited. And it's like the end of a marathon. This was like <laughs> less than I've ever torn before. Hmm. So I don't know. That might be related to being able to feel it more. I don't know. I I don't know. And just overall, I mean, he was a super healthy baby. And I mean, I'm so grateful for that. Like no problems, no, you know, anything, even though he was just right under 38 weeks and six, a whole six pounds, seven ounces. That's what Zaylee was. Our biggest baby was he. Our biggest baby yet. Wait, how big was John again? He was almost nine. He was eight fifteen. No. Yeah. Oh, forgot about that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny because Alex kept saying, "Like, wow, he's so big. He's so big." And the nurses are like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "You guys don't understand. This is our biggest baby ever." <laughs> Which we've been so blessed. Like, none of them have had to go to the NICU. They've all been early. None of them have had any sort of like. Paul had one. They had to give him like one shot of formula or something. His like, I don't know, something was, but it was like so little. Like they've all been, they've all been great. And yeah, I'm so glad. Oh gosh. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then. Your sexuality is good, holy, and beautiful. If that doesn't feel true, you're in the right place. We believe Jesus knows your sexual brokenness and is inviting you to wholeness. We hope to bring you that invitation every week 
as we explore topics from friendship to fantasy, loneliness to lust, and more. We are dedicated to helping you connect your struggle to your story and your story to God, because every bit of you is sacred by design. Then you have your baby, and then you have to do it again. And this is like what I was texting you a lot about of these like post labor cramps, because then every time you and the this uterus was like, contracting back down. Yes, completely yeah. blanked on that because you're so focused on just getting the baby out. So I'm here to prepare you. Remember, yeah. it is a journey. You have not, <laughs> and it's true that it gets worse with each baby. Like. <sighs> When you said that, I remembered that it did feel worse with John and that midwife saying that. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I wonder why. Because, yeah, every nurse that was coming in was telling me that. I was like, oh, okay. I wonder if it's just like more stretched out. And so <laughs> to stretch, to contract back down takes more. I don't know. Ugh. But, and it happens every time you nurse. So then it's like this yeah. difficult association with like, oh, and I have to feed my baby and feel all this pain. Um, but the lactation consultant that came and saw me, she actually, she was like, you know, they have stronger stuff for you than just the Tylenol. Like you should ask for more. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. Because I'm like, oh man, I've just done this like super heroic thing. Like I've birthed this baby. Like I don't need pain. Like I, I can, I'm fine. Like I just got through that. But it was really helpful to get yes. stronger stuff. <laughs> and they and they she comes in and she's like, mm, okay, and she's holding the pill. What's your pain level? And you're thinking like, okay, well, from zero to ten, ten being ring of fire, um, yeah. like uh, three or four, <laughs> it hurts. But she's like, you mean five? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because like they have to, you have to give them that number yeah. for them to give you the drug. So I was like, yes, five. That is. What I, mean. <laughs> I forgot. Thank you. That's a good lactation concern. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I think the worst part about those cramps too, the postuterine cramps, is you can't move as much. Like when you're laboring through cramps, you can be up and swaying and moving, and with these ones, you're like trying to nurse. And you physically can't move as much because you've just gone through delivery and you're like mm -hmm. in pain and trying not to move. So yeah, it's just kind of like a a weird thing that I definitely hadn't psyched myself up for and was ready for. <laughs> and there was there was like one point ten hours after labor where I he was doing like all the cluster feeding. Then it got really bad and I like passed him to Alex and Alex was like, he's still rooting, he's still looking, and I was like, I need a break and it was like 20 minutes where he Alex just like tried to like keep him asleep and keep him happy and I like got in the shower and I was like this is this is as bad as real labor <laughs> it really feels like that um but I loved being in the hospital I was in the hospital almost as long as you can be an extra like I don't know two and a half days after I had him and I just love like they bring you all the food and they brought Alex all the food this time too Usually they cap it at like Good. three meals for the dad, but like his meals were came with my meals and it was good food and they bring you water and ice and the, the yeah. pills. And <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm super grateful for my hospital birth and happy, happy to come home too. But being in the hospital is, it was great. And 
like I told you, I got to receive communion and and make a confession on the Sunday because I was there on Sunday and didn't go to church. And they he brought it to me, and um, that was really lovely. Was that was that a priest in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which I mean, it is a Catholic hospital, but I think a lot of hospitals do have chaplains if you just request. I would never would have thought about it. It's Alex. He's like always on top of that kind of stuff, where. He just knows. And um, and I said to the priest, it's the polite way to ask if you can do confession. I know the answer is going to be yes. But I said, oh, Father, do you have time to hear my confession? And I I know he's going to say yes, but he's like, oh, of course. That's what I'm here. That's what we do. Time. Of course I have time. I have all the time in the world here. (laughs) It was very sweet. Um, (laughs) That was very rejuvenating. Mm. And the kids came and visited us, and that was fun. And they were super excited. And Paul got to hold him first. And later, for sure, like a week later, Paul was like, "Thanks for letting me get to hold Dominic first. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was really sweet. <laughs> How have they been doing? The other kids? Oh, they've been great. Yeah, they love holding him. They love taking turns. He's already at the point though where, like, when he falls asleep in. Um, you know, my arms, like moving him to another person, like wakes him up and he like, like he's, he's already past that point of like sleeping through everything. (laughs) The first week it was a lot easier just to like toss him around. Um, Now it's a little bit like, okay, if you're going to, because I remember messy family parenting, they have said like, if a kid asks to hold the baby, always say yes, always, always, always. And I'm like, okay, what if the baby is sleeping in bed? (laughs) Like, no, I don't think that's quite what they mean. But um. But even now, I'm like, okay, are you, you have to hold him for at least 10 minutes, though, okay? <laughs> just kind of being like, you gotta, um, we can't just do 10 seconds. Like, we can't just pass him around like a ball. No, but they've been really great. And they all, and I get to just like sit and read with them a lot for sure. And my mom's still here and she's been super helpful. He's so cute. He's a really cute baby. And he had a really nice round head. You know, some babies, when they come out, they their heads get squished. <laughs> But they were like, oh, I think because you didn't push that long, he didn't really get squished. <laughs> so his head was really round. <laughs> and I mean, nice looking because yeah. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> oh, and then the next. Um, so, yeah, so my doctor missed the the actual delivery. He came in while uh, the other doctor was stitching me up. Like he had for sure been running. <laughs> and <laughs> and then the next day I mentioned it to the you know, post, uh, post delivery nurse, you know, I'm in the different section and she goes, Oh, that was you. She goes, Oh, he was upset about that, that he missed that. <laughs> and he was, someone came in and she goes, I was in that surgery with him. And someone came in and said, she's, she's about to push. And he was like, turn her Pertosin off. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that would not have helped. <laughs> like they had already, I think they'd already turned it off at that point. Like it was <laughs> or lowered it a ton. Um, but I thought that was funny and sweet that he really wanted to be there. But I'm like, at that point, you don't care yeah, who catches no, the baby. No, you do not care at all. You just want you just want the moral support of someone checking in on you and making decisions if you need to make. But it was great. It was nice. I mean, yeah, there are so many positive speed induced of like knowing a little bit more of when it's going to take place. And, you know, it was great having my mom here. I mean, we literally like had breakfast with the kids and then got to like wave goodbye to them. Like it was that was like pretty cool. And the day before, I had a friend come over and give me presents to give to the nurses. Like we were, I felt very prepared going in with logistical things, just not with <laughs> having a totally different birth than ever before. Yeah. But yeah, it's just really that feeling of like, yeah, I'm not in control and anything could happen. 
and like we can only do our best and and feeling for me the guilt this time with the epidural of like oh did i get the epidural too soon did it i know my labor wasn't progressing but maybe it would have progressed more or oh i should have i should have just had them let them break my water first or you know i was doing a lot of the what ifs and then and then at that point once you get the epidural then you're stuck and then you can't move move as much and you're like oh, did i make the right choice it's you know it's so hard to know did you try to sleep at all in that time or was it like i tried yeah, yeah after the epidural like but i was just like he was still so active still inside me huh that was the biggest reason i couldn't sleep because wow. <laughs> which is also the reason i couldn't sleep like two weeks before delivery because yeah. he was just kicking me all the time well, it's good to be reminded. I mean, I feel like every time, you know, I feel like that's part of the third trimester angst is you try to control everything or like, yeah. if I get everything yeah. lined up, it'll. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's always, always this like surrender at the end of like, I, yeah. And right now baby's still sideways. So I'm, yeah, that's like a thing I'm kind of holding. I am mm-hmm. sure there's still a lot of time. Baby will turn, but when? <laughs> mm-hmm. There we go. Did it. So glad it's over. <laughs> I know. I'm jealous seeing like. Oh, I'm yeah. so glad he's healthy. Really trying to pin in on that like gratefulness because I know that is not everyone's situation. Healthy, healthy baby that got to come right home. Like best thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, seeing your like skin to skin, yeah. baby's just right there, so snugly. I'm like, oh yeah, that's coming. Oh, that <laughs> feeling is he's so soft. <laughs> we'll have to pop back on once you have your baby, yeah. boy or girl. <laughs> now that you said you think it's a girl, now I think it's a girl. I mean, I really don't know. <laughs> we hope you have a great week with lots of laughs with your littles. 